0: Welcome to the Unheard podcast uh, with me, Aisha Hazarika. My co-host, Tim Montgomery, is taking a well-earned break and is not with us. Um, he's not died, he's just gone on holiday. And instead, I am joined by Unheard columnist, Liam Halligan, who, as many of you will know, is a great contributor to the Unheard website and is also my sparring partner on CNN. Hello, Liam.
1: But I always get the last word.
0: <laughs> Liam always gets the last <laughs> word, especially on Brexit. <laughs> How are you, Liam?
1: Very well, thank you. Nice to be here, Aisha.
0: And what we thought this week, as Tim is away, is that we would do a little bit of a deep dive into a subject which is incredibly important and all eyes are on, and that is the situation in Catalonia. And I am delighted that we are joined by Jimmy Burns, who is a leading expert on what is happening in Spain um, Jimmy was born in Madrid and is not just bilingual is bicultural he straddles the cultures of Britain and Catalonia and Spain he's been with the FT since 1997 he's a prolific writer journalist author Jimmy welcome and hello
2: hello it's a, it's a great honor to be here with both of you
0: so let's just start off with what's your position on what is happening in Catalonia?
2: Okay, well, I would hope to say that my position is, is um, utterly pragmatic and, and objective, if, if one can say that in the world of journalism anymore. But, um, and I say this for, for the reasons that you said in your introduction, I mean I was born in Madrid, I'm half British, half Spanish, uh, uh, I happen to have a, a, a house in Catalonia, um, I, I love Catalonia a lot, I love Spain a lot, my mother's Spanish, my father's Scottish. Uh, and I've reported on, on the country uh, for almost 30 years. Um, so I've, I've seen it all its peaks and troughs, and, and you know, I, I reported it during the last years of Francoism. I saw the transition to democracy. I saw Spain's accession to the EU. Uh, and I've experienced what Spain was, what, what, what it became, and what it is now. Uh, and what strikes me about uh, a lot of the coverage of the Catalan situation is... is um, well two things really. Um, there is a tendency uh, which you might say is, is, is perfectly natural. All of us have read George Orwell and brought up on Hemingway and uh, for the, particularly the, the Anglo-Saxon media and the American media, but particularly the British media, two sectors of it to see Spain, anything to do with Spain. Uh, through the prism of the Spanish Civil War, you know, as if Spain was still stuck in the barricades uh, and, and militias described by Orwell in homage to Catalonia, as if Spain was still under the brutal regime of, of Franco with, uh, with Trungeon, uh wielding Spanish Civil Guards, uh, and, and that Catalonia is, 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 a, is a sort of poor, repressed area of Southern Europe, where no one can go around freely and, and get along with their business. Well, I mean, you know, anyone listening to this who's taken a recent EasyJet to Barcelona or indeed been to Barcelona the last two or three years, I mean, the last thing you can say about Barcelona or Cataluna is that it's a repressed state. I mean, you know, we're, we're not talking about people going around silently in the streets, people being generally bashed on, on the head. The problem is that we've also got in Madrid um, a, a, a pretty... In, in some degree uh, a government that's shown itself incompetent yeah. um, in terms of projecting uh, its case to the world and particularly on the cons front, front and and i'm 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 referring particularly to its handling of the uh, so-called illegal referendum on the 1st of october where you know cnn and everybody else uh, saw those awful images of people being bashed on the head which you know it was complete own goal and i mean the, the the spanish government shot themselves in the foot over that and, and you know, I, one can't excuse that kind of conduct.
0: And so, Jimmy, do you think that... What do you think should happen? Do you think Catalonia should be allowed to separate from Spain?
2: Well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, putting the cart before the horse, in a sense. Um, I mean, you know, we have to remember... Uh, that, that Spain has a constitution. I know it's difficult for people in Britain that it hasn't got a constitution. We just muddle along here, which is probably an advantage. But you know, Spain has got a constitution which was approved in seventy-seven. Part of its, uh, part of its democratic process, it was approved by a majority of the parties, voted by a majority of the Spanish. It's a constitution, whether you like it or not. It's there, and until it's reformed, that's the, that the law of the land. And and under the constitution, under the law of the land, the referendum that took place. On the first of October in Spain was unlawful mm. and unconstitutional, um, and I don't think anyone in in Europe. I know there are people who, who don't believe in the European Union, don't believe what Europe uh, believes in. Um, but the fact is that no European government ha, ha, has has recognised the unilateral declaration of independence in in Catalonia. And do you, and you think th- that's right? Yeah, I think I think it is right. Um, which is not to say the same. Which is not to say that I don't think. That one can ignore uh, the, the, the feelings of say two million people who voted in that referendum uh, two million people out of the sort of five million voters in catalonia uh, who obviously feel uh, very nationalist uh, who feel uh, disengaged with the rest of spain and who look tend to look north of the pyrenees
0: and as you said i think the the way rajoy has mishandled it has made people Feel much more passionate about nationalism. I had one of my best friends lives out in Barcelona, and hadn't been that you know seized of the whole thing, but then after that referendum, after the sight of you know people being dragged out by their hair, etc., etc., was now much more passionate about this independence project. It sort of got a romanticism about it now.
2: Yeah, it's, it, I re- you call it romanticism. i you're, you're probably being a bit fair. I mean, I, I think that it, this, I mean, I've re- written about this. I mean, it, this would be Uh, a farce if it wasn't potentially tragic. I mean, the sight now of seeing uh, a person claiming to be the president of the Republic of Catalonia, uh, who hasn't been elected as such, uh, who in fact, whose government has actually been, uh, no longer exists. Um, I mean, the the Catalan government doesn't exist. You know, it just doesn't exist. It's been run from Madrid. uh, Turning up in Brussels and, and, and claiming that this is like some sort of newsreel out of 1936 Spain in the middle of the Civil War. I mean, it's plainly absurd, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Uh, and, you know, people are, g- are going before a judge and they're going to be judged. And, and uh, Spain has got pretty pretty good courts and, and, and a pretty good rule of law, you know. And, and you know, they'll be put on trial.
1: I, I largely agree with Jimmy. Um, uh, and Jimmy and I have been friends for a long time, I, I, I should I'd say, as, as a lot of people in, in British journalism know. I've had a stab at writing about this uh, myself Uh, Not only is Catalonia not repressed, Catalonia has an income per head that's 15% higher than the EU average and the rest of Spain minus Catalonia has an income per head that's about 10% lower than the EU average. Catalonia has Spain's two biggest ports. This is a very prosperous part of the country and in general terms we're going to see a lot of this as the West declines economically in relative and in some senses absolute terms for some parts of the population richer areas of bigger countries are going to try their luck and they're going to want to cut themselves away in order to get a better living standard they think in their minds for themselves and their population particularly if like catalonia they've got their own distinct language and culture which i know jimmy respects and loves and i think jimmy's right too that the spanish government has no choice and the eu governments have no choice including the british government to not recognize this On the other hand I don't think the current system is sustainable, the current situation. Uh, I think if we go back to 2006 Jimmy I'm right in saying there was a referendum not on independence but on more autonomy in Catalonia which the Spanish government itself uh, and the the Madrid parliament also uh, agreed was fine and then Rajoy and his popular party used the constitutional court to slightly reverse that referendum so a lot of bad blood was sown there. I think there does have to be a new referendum. The question is, is it a referendum that's just of the five five point three million voters of Catalonia, as that two thousand and six referendum was, in which case it could pass. It could pass. Jimmy will know more about that than me, but it seems to me there could be independence. Maybe, maybe not. Or will it be a referendum of the whole of Spain, in which case the Catalonians have got no hope whatsoever of getting independence? Because of course, a lot of the rest of Spain knows that Catalonia ends up giving a massive net subsidy to the rest of Spain
2: year on year. Um, I tend to agree with, again, you know, don't think Liam and me, because (coughs) we're mates, um, have come to this table to to say exactly the same thing and agree with each other. But you have made a couple of points there. I mean, where I would I would sort of just caution uh, is, is this sort of emphasis on referendum. I mean, first of all, you know, I, I happen to believe that referendums are uh, uh, this is for another debate and another time. But you know, that the, the, by their very nature, Manichaean, that the they're quite visceral. They divide. Mm-hmm. They simplify issues. Okay, I think the Catalan um, situation. I think. Those of us at this table would agree is a very complex situation. Now, you know, there is going to be a test of what Catalans believe on on the twenty first of December, which are the regional Catalan elections, which have been called by the Spanish government, which be complete, quite quickly. He's called them quite quickly. Quite quickly, yeah. and and I think it's quite a political yeah. risky move by 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 Rajoy. I think it's quite a bold move, and actually, it's turning out to be. Uh, quite a good move in his terms. What's it done? It's, it's divided the Catalan independence, and they haven't even decided on who, who's going to be their candidate, whether they're going to go on a united ticket or, or split up. Uh, and on the other hand, it's reinforced um, that the unionist tickets, who are in quite a sort of buoyant bullish mood at the moment. Um, so, you know, 21st of December, the Catalans will decide. I think undoubtedly the status quo is, is no longer manageable. Um, what will come out of those elections is will change, a change Catalan government, uh, a change Catalan parliament, and the beginning of what I, I perceive and predict will be a very difficult process of political negotiation. Um, this is going to go back to the table, off the streets, off the voting booths to where it should be, which is a, a political negotiation like we've had in places like Northern Ireland uh, and in other places in Europe, when we've had these seemingly intractable issues, um, which are not decided in the end by referendums, are decided by really hard-hitting uh, uh, political negotiation, compromise, and in the end, consensus. Uh, yeah, but uh, just
0: and on that, Jimmy, do you think if the elections on the 21st of December show a thumping win for the independence? Movement, do you think the government in Madrid will have the capacity to get involved with those negotiations and make the compromises that you suggest?
2: That's a very good question. And, and uh, first of all, I, I, I mean, you know, to the extent one can put one's hand on heart and forecast anything in politics these days, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you could well have the independence movement winning again. Okay. But not by that much. Uh, but not by that much, uh, which goes back to what or I think what happen. There will be a political negotiation. But if you, if you were to have a scenario that you've painted, uh, I, I think that would be a major political defeat for the Madrid government. It would be extremely embarrassing, but much more than that. I think it would probably increase pressure within Europe uh, uh, for some sort of negotiated settlement towards some kind of independent status within Catalonia at some stage because it'll be very difficult to argue. Uh, One thing is an illegal referendum, you're not sure how many people have voted, the police broke it up. If you have a free elections they all go to vote, 5 million voters uh, and there's a turnout of about 80% and they come out say with 65%, pretty difficult to say that that's not democracy, that's not legitimate, that hasn't got credibility. Um, there's one other point, of course, that we're talking absolutely about Catalonia the whole time. Um, the Basques are watching. Well, there's the Basques are watching, yeah. and then there's, there's the rest of Spain, and indeed the rest, the rest of Europe. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that,
0: that's a good point to, I think, broaden our discussion. Um, when we were discussing this on our television show, a very interesting map popped up of all the independence movements um, across Europe, and it is a very arresting sight. And one does feel that there is a thread being pulled across Europe, and potentially this is a huge existential crisis for the European Union. We've got Britain leaving the EU, we've had those votes in northern Italy. Do you think this is potentially going to be a sort of a catalyst for further breakdown of the European Union?
2: Well, it, it depends what the out, the immediate outcome, the medium to short-to-medium term outcome in in Catalonia and Spain is Um, I mean evidently if if this political gamble that Rajoy has taken by calling these elections uh, turns out to be a massive massive own goal um, and you know this will lead to much more pressure for the breakup of Spain uh, evidently that that's going to have a knock-on effect and 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 potentially uh, raise even greater instability within the whole concept of Europe Um, but I, I think, you know, what we're seeing here, I'm sure, you know, you, you, you two have talked a lot about this in the past and written, and, and Liam has written about it. I mean, you know, the, we're talking here about, if you go back to the crisis of 2009, I mean, one of the reasons that we, we have, we've we got to this point of, of almost confrontation in Catalonia is that in 2009, the then regional government or president of Catalonia went to Madrid and said to Mr Rajoy, I mean, all, he didn't say exactly this, but he, he was basically give us an extra two billion euros uh, for Catalonia, uh, and we're settled. That's all we want. We want more money. We want more money in infrastructure. We want we want more cash, mate. And Rajoy, of course, was in the middle of practically having all his, you know, banking a, a, meltdown, a, a meltdown. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to struggle mm. from being rescued by Euro. You know, Liam reported at the time. I mean. And, and just said, so look, you know, we're trying to struggle to stay alive here. And you're coming to me and saying, you know, we are two, you're two billion quid for cash. Jimmy's million. body
1: language is very Spanish at this point.
2: <laughs> <I just laughs> the, 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 the richest region, as, as Liam pointed out. You know, we're not talking about Andalusia, tiny little village and poor old Andalusia. We're talking about the richest Region in Catalonia, so that's where where the whole thing stems. And in fact, this is a, an interesting kind of revolution. If you want to talk, uh, call it a revolution. It's an independence move. It's a middle class one. Well, it's yeah. the yeah. middle yes. class yes. that were yes. yes. really yeah. hit by the crisis. Yes. Yep.
0: And interestingly, on that point, again, going back, to, I mean, I use the word romanticism. I think there is there's a lot of people who think this is somehow a sort of left wing socialist revolution, and it, it isn't because, as you say, Catalonia is the cash cow for Spain and. Do do the movement, what is the primary reason for the thirst for independence? Is it deep-seated historical? Is it cultural? Do people have any feelings of, well, poor, poor, poor Spain, you know, we're going to leave our fellow Spaniards in a terrible economic... Dilemma. What's the, what's the kind of psychology well, behind again, again, it?
2: Again, another very good question, and it's a complex question, but it, but it also you know, emphasises what I was saying at the beginning, which, which is that this is a, a very complex issue and, 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 and tends to be um, reported in, in, in a slightly kind of one-sided way. But, I mean, there are all sorts of elements in the independence movement, OK? There's, there's definitely a middle-class element of Catalans who were doing extremely well, thank you, uh, suddenly the 2009 crisis hits them and suddenly they're, they're, they're paupers okay and, and they've got to look around and they've got to blame someone okay and they're not going to blame their own autonomous government because they're catalans they're catalan nationalists they feel closely culturally to their language to barca the football club all the things we know about lovely things in catalonia which i personally like i'm a great barca fan but you know, they had to blame someone, so they turn to Madrid, you know, and, and there, there, there is, just like Podemos emerges in Madrid as, as a kind of, you know, anti-system, but anti-kind of crisis, anti-everything movement, you know, and that, that's one, one element of it. Um, the, the, the other element, there is a sort of very strong, I would, of course, agitprop minority in the independence movement that we see on the television screens because they're very loud, they're quite young uh, they make a lot of noise, um, and they're absolutely anti-system, um, mm. uh, the, the anti-system they, want, they want the sort of break out of liberal democracy, they want the break-up of Spain, uh, they don't really care about the European Union, in fact they don't, they don't believe in the European Union, and, and they see this as a Trojan horse to just to bring the whole house of cards down.
1: We must broaden it out to the rest of the European Union, and you know, particularly uh, maybe as, 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 a, as a catalyst for trouble uh, the euro itself, I mean, if Catalonia leaves, Spain, the rump of Spain will end up a lot more indebted, um, which the markets might not like. But democracy in your mother country is very young, Jimmy. Do you fear that this could become nasty if it's not handled well? Yeah, I, Is it alarmist to, 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 to replay Pathé images of the civil war?
2: Well, I think, you know, as I said right at the beginning, one shouldn't see it through the prism of a civil war. I mean, civil war, let us not forget, and my, my, my mother's family suffered it, um, you know, close to three-quarters of a million people died. OK, we're not going to see that in Spain. I do, in, in answer to your question, you know, I've, be, I've been having sleepless nights. I've been having sleepless nights because I do fear uh, that, that this so-called passive resistance will break at some point that we might see more scenes like the ones we saw on the 1st of October where you get some uh, police getting out of control and and overreacting disproportionately, and that in itself will provoke more violence, and that this will turn nasty. Um, And I think that will be a tragedy all round, but Mm. I I certainly Mm. don't see a kind of Spanish civil war breaking out over this.
0: Mm. And in terms of, I was interested to see, did you say that your father was Scottish? Yeah. What do you think are the read-acrosses to what's happening in Scotland? And how do you think <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon and the SNP should be reacting to all of it's this? It's fair to say you're
1: really in the middle of this
0: story. You are like the perfect yeah, guest. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as you can probably imagine, you know, this is not the first time I've asked myself this question and and have and written about this and the comparisons. Look, you know much better than I do, OK? you know, what is the difference here and why Nicola Sturgeon, and, and she is being extremely cautious, not being dragged into the Catalan situation. For a start, the Scots have played it extremely well. They've, they've, they've played it within the law. Uh, they got their political agreement, as we all know, to stage their first referendum. And and the result of the referendum and where we are now, where Scotland is now, she knows politically she's got to be incredibly cautious about calling another referendum. Okay, for all the reasons that got to do with Scotland. Okay, and you know what those reasons better than I am. Um, The the Catalan situation, I think, is different because it goes back to what we've been saying slightly critically of the Madrid government. Uh, You know, I have to think that that the British political culture, hard as it might seem to many of your listeners, is infinitely by virtue of history and longevity, uh, a much more sophisticated political culture. Spain is still a, a relatively nascent democracy. Its parliamentary system is pretty unrepresentative. It hasn't got a system of MPs responding to their constituencies. They have no contact at all with the people they, they vote for them. And, and quite frankly, the, the Madrid government and the independent leaders of the independent movement reflect each other in their amateurism, in the way they've handled this crisis. I think if this had happened in the UK, uh, it would have been handled differently, there would have been negotiations underway by now, and we wouldn't got to that stage of, of having a so-called illegal referendum on the 1st of October as we had in Catalonia.
0: I mean, I agree with you. I think, actually, Nicola Sturgeon has been quite canny about how she has played us. I mean, she is under a lot of pressure from members of her own party to recognise Catalonia as an independent state, but I think everybody looks back at that referendum i actually did a television program with alex salmon last week and he was saying you know it makes him have respect for the fact that he and david cameron did negotiate a decent referendum and it was or yes it was divisive but it was respected and i think the idea for, for all people who have that again well let's be with this you know declarations of independence. How would we feel if Scotland just suddenly declared and, and independence works, unilaterally? Yeah. The, the yeah. economics
1: works in the opposite direction, doesn't it, of course, because Catalonia is a net contributor to Spain and Scotland, with respect, is a net recipient of, of funds under the Barnett formula. And since 2014, oil's gone from an average above 100 to, you know, 50 $60. It, it's very, very different. But I think Catalonia, how it plays out, will impact the mood of the whole of the UK, and, and particularly Scotland, about the Scottish independence question, economics notwithstanding. If we do see unfortunate scenes on the streets of pitched battles, I think a lot of you know, middle-of-the-road Scots who might be tempted by independence would think, we're not, we're not going there. Let's not, mm-hmm. and I think calling another referendum will be harder if Spain, a country that Britain's very close to in many ways, um, sees Spain rupturing and, and febrile and uh, descending into violence, I think that would make it much harder. If there's a, some kind of negotiation and, and Rajoy and the, the team do engage in this uh, political uh, discussion, uh, and there's a, a more autonomous outcome, that maybe will encourage more moves by stealth by Nicola Sturgeon. But if Catalonia does successfully and peacefully secede, then that will encourage Nicola Sturgeon, again, the economics notwithstanding, to make her move.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, and I agree with both of you. Uh, I mean, in, in the sense, it just going back to your, your point earlier, that the, I mean, it just strikes me that, that you know, let, let us not forget that, I mean... Ask yourselves, um, what would have happened if if Alex Salmon had declared unilaterally um, independence in Scotland, but not only that, but had done it without negotiating or talking to the opposition? I mean, you know, there is an opposition in the Catalan Parliament that was completely bulldozed out and they were totally ignored. They walked out because they they, they weren't consulted. And they Mm. represent in vote terms more than the independent people. So it was totally undemocratic, the whole process
0: jimmy liam thank you so much what a brilliant get we, we could not have like invented you a, a better guest to have this discussion She's looking at jimmy yeah definitely <laughs> not looking at liam and listen we've got lots of great content on catalonia on the unheard website please do subscribe we only need your email and we don't need your money and i'll be back next week with the unheard weekly podcast please make sure you subscribe on itunes or wherever you get your podcast from have a great week Thank mm-hmm. you.